What's fueling the rise of violent crime in our city? Is there anything we can do about it? Now, 6.30 Chad Mornings presents an in-depth conversation. Is Edmonton a safe city? Is Edmonton a safe city or not? There's been some growing concerns regarding safety in our city. Post-COVID, we've had conversations about violent crime problems in Chinatown. Residents feeling unsafe around Alberta Avenue. Violent attacks on the LRT. Growing homelessness issues around the downtown core. So is the city doing enough to tackle the issue of feeling safe in Edmonton? It's a big conversation that we're going to have over the next several days here on 630 Ched Mornings with different guests sharing their perspectives about whether or not Edmonton is safe and what the unique problems and potential opportunities there are to fix it. We thought we'd start this morning with uh, a, a group that has been really the lightning rod in this in a lot of ways because many people think it falls at the feet of the police. And then there are many people who think, no, it's got to be a different solution than just a policing solution. So there's an awful lot to explore here. So why don't we start off with Inspector Angela Kemp. She's joining us here on 630 Chet Morning. She's the head of the Crime Suppression Branch out of Edmonton Police. And I uh, really appreciate you taking some time to join us, Inspector. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. It's always great to be able to talk about community safety with all your listeners today. You, you bet. And, and, and the basic question that we have to start off with is, what do you think? Are we a safe city? Edmonton is in my opinion, a safe city. The way that we're looking at the issues that we're having is that we do have problems, and sometimes they are big problems, sometimes they're small problems, but at the end of the day, we have the people and the resources and the community partnerships to be able to deal with the situations that we're faced. It seems, Inspector, like there are more concerns regarding violent crime in the city that we've seen previously. Would you agree with that, that it seems more violent now than it has in previous years? When we have the um, the reports of violence, um, as I was saying before, it comes in uh, trends in series. Now, when we have... Um, more reported. Um, we have to actually look at what's been happening the last probably two years with the issues of the pandemic and the um, more people in the, more in the news, the social media. It's always front and center. So when we look at our levels of violence, they're not skyrocketing. And we've also come off of a three-year low for violence and criminality with the changes that we've had in the um, deployment models with the EPS. So we're seeing that there is indications of violence, but it's not always citywide. And unfortunately, we have been seeing more um, centralized areas such as Chinatown and the downtown core that have been seeing more more indications of that. There are a lot of people, though, and I know this becomes anecdotal and it doesn't necessarily lead to statistics that say that there is violent crime. But I can't, I can't count the number of people who have told me that they don't feel safe walking through downtown. They don't feel safe walking down some neighborhoods in their city. They don't feel safe going on the LRT or on, or on a bus. And that, that is a major concern. And it, it, there seems to be some difference of opinion on how we try to fix that. 
Yep, 100%. The perception of safety is one of the biggest um, issues that we're trying to tackle, as well as actually making these areas more safe. When we look at, um, are the police the answer for everything? And I would have to say that partnerships actually the answer for everything. When we work with our partners, when we work with um, different areas within policing and our community agencies with the City of Edmonton, that is where we're going to be able to move the needle and create these safer spaces. I can get into some of the um, programs and um, projects that we have going that is actually making a difference in the LRT as well as the downtown, if you'd like. Yeah, what does that look like in terms of any changes that are being made? Um, for sure. So in uh, mid-May, we started Project Connection. Now, we named it Project Connection in order to recreate and reconnect um, the communities together with their community partners and as well as with the police. It's a three-phase approach where the first phase essentially is that high-visibility policing and high-visibility connection with our community partners. What we want is the people in these neighbourhoods with lived experiences with the vulnerable and the businesses and the residents um, to really come forward and let us know how they are feeling within the community and what they feel the solutions could be and how we can all work together to make um, those solutions happen. I think there are, there are a lot of people on, on one side of, of the argument who say they don't want police to be doing essentially social work, mm. right? That there are other people who are other groups that are better equipped for it. But you're saying you, you can still partner with these groups and how, do you, it doesn't sound like there's been great cooperation in, in a lot of cases uh, with some of the people being uh, taken out of LRTs or like with how homeless people or addicts might be treated downtown, that kind of thing, somebody with a mental health issue, that sort of thing. Is it possible for the the two, uh, and they're not individual organizations, it's police and a whole bunch of others, to work together to move forward? And is there an appetite to do that or for the police to just step away from that world? There's 100% an appetite for that. Like I was saying before, no one organization can fix the situations that we're seeing within Edmonton and in Alberta for that matter. The police are usually at the front and center of these concerns because there's always a community safety concern that we're there for. But that doesn't mean that it's always enforcement based. What we've been working on is called the safety continuum, where it's awareness, education, and then enforcement if it's needed. When we talk about that awareness and education piece is that we're trying to change the behaviors. We want people regardless if they're facing vulnerabilities or if they're using transit or in their downtown core, to move the needle so that they're more pro-social. And that essentially means what are they doing that makes themselves better, that makes the society better, and then creates those connections to the resources that they might need. The police are working with several agencies. We have our help teams where we're connecting with um, navigators. We're partnered with the high-risk encampment team. Um, to ensure that when we deal with houselessness issues that we can connect to the people sleeping in these tents and having these concerns right to the resources that they need. And it's important that the police are there because we are the connectors to these areas because um, we always assist EMS, we are always assisting these community agencies that are in these areas helping the people. But is it possible for the police to play that vital role within that group to help with the resources that are currently available? With everyone right now, there are resource struggles, but that is one of our goals, is that connection and that support. Um, We're not going to arrest our way out of um, houselessness. That's not the answer. But what the answer is, how do the police and the community come together and create these moves forward? And that's why we're really partnering with our, with the City of Edmonton and their community safety branches and their social development, as well as the Bissell and Boyle Street and all these agencies 
we're all rowing in the same direction in order to create the safer Edmonton that everybody wants. What do you say to accusations that, uh, you know, what you're saying, it all sounds exactly like how things should be going forward, what, how it actually happens on the street, how it happens with, with interactions with uh, individual officers and individuals on the street, that that is different. So you as leadership can say one thing, but if it is not translating on the street, then the credibility goes out the window. Well, when we look at um, the members on the street, everyone is working at a high level and they're very professional. They're doing their job and they're connecting people to resources and the work that this, the officers are doing with the Edmonton Police Service, I'm very proud of and the, the leadership of the Edmonton Police Service is very proud of. You're always going to have some people who aren't happy about one situation or one instance, but it's always being able to hear their perspectives and understand that each agency has a role to play. And that's why we're moving in to phase three in September of Project Connection, where we want to create multidisciplinary teams where we have teams working together that have representatives from mental health and outreach and police and fire in EMS, where we can focus on these micro locations and really dig into the root causes and making sure that each agency that has the appropriate authorities takes the lead with the other agencies supporting. You know, as someone who lives downtown, I can certainly say that I've seen a growing problem of of homelessness. And I would argue that over COVID, with the vacancy of downtown, it sort of created this this influx of, of almost a takeover in a sense. And we've spoken to people in the healthcare sector that say that they're experiencing burnout from what they're dealing with. Is are members of the EPS also experiencing the same burnout? Because you know, you just look around as a citizen and think this problem is is pretty big. What's that like to be on the ground dealing with it? So our teams, like I said, everyone's struggling with resource issues for a variety of reasons and pandemic had, had definitely contributed to that. When we look at the specific issues downtown, we have several teams um, within the area that are working, um, trying to connect those people to resources to create those safe spaces. When um, the members themselves are in these areas, they do the best that they can with the resources that they have and that's when we say it's a systems problem but we all need to work together to make sure that we create those solutions. We've heard a lot uh, here on 630 Chad Mornings about uh, the, the situation along Alberta Avenue that there have been arsons, there are uh, sort of abandoned buildings that uh, <laughs> that's a neighborhood that has been through a lot uh, down the, through the years and they've been so resilient in trying to, to create a, a good uh, solid you know warm community they feel like that's disappearing from them what's the plan for alberta avenue how are you guys trying to deal with some of the issues that those residents are facing so alberta avenue is also part of project connection it's actually running from alberta avenue through chinatown all the way into the downtown core so they are getting a um, we're pulling resources from other areas of the city to focus on those four communities as well as working with our Edmonton fire partners. They do have um, the community property teams that are working on these abandoned buildings and working on the arsons, as well as having a project here within EPS, working on the arson situation that we are seeing, and that we have several people investigating these, and we are making progress. It's just slow going because every single event and every single um, piece where we're working with our agency partners, we need to work together. Okay, Inspector, thanks so much for making the time for the show. We really appreciate your perspective this morning. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.